Hello, I am Crystal Grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you have joined us before, welcome back. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends to do the same. So, thank you for listening, and now let's get to my next conversation. Hello, Jane Allen. Hello, Krista. How are you? I am doing well. I think that's a pretty good thing, given what you do for a living in the midst of a pandemic. Um, Yeah, I would say that working in the field of education has really caused uh, a flip of our world upside down, and I'm just really super proud of all of the individuals that I work with and so many of my colleagues that I know out in the field because we really, like if this was a manufacturing business, like we really flipped our product delivery and we basically had like 48 or 72 hours to figure it out. So for people people who don't know Jane Ellen, uh, talk to us a little bit. I guess first I should say this is a special edition of Coffee Talk because of the pandemic that is COVID-19. And I am really wanting to connect with people to provide um, a little bit of an idea of what each of us is handling and managing in life on a daily basis. And then also some things to help others that have worked for us, for instance. And One of the reasons that I wanted to speak to you specifically is because of what you do for a living. So please do share that with all of the people listening so that they also know. Sure. Sure. So I'm an elementary school principal in northern New Jersey, and I have worked in the field of education. I actually had my 27th anniversary in my career this week. Um, so, um, and I've worked at every level, uh, K through 12. And right now I am at the elementary school, uh, level specifically. And so this has been a breeze for you in academia, said no one ever. (laughs) Said no one ever. And, um, so like I was, I started to say earlier, it really caused us to, you know, just really flip how we are providing instruction to our to our students in a very quick time period. So, it, so obviously it was a pretty good challenge. Jane Ellen, talk to me a little bit about, I mean, obviously this came about very suddenly for all of us, or at least as a parent, what I feel like was very suddenly. And I feel like there was a lot of opportunity for chaos and I think in our academic environments, and I think that a lot of people did it really well. I do think you're one of those people, as we did our sort of daily, every couple of day check-in with one another across the executive board. I feel like you had a good grasp of how to think outside of the box and create opportunities for children to learn outside of the standard, come in, sit down, open your books at a desk in front of a blackboard and a teacher, or these days maybe a whiteboard and a teacher. So depending on whether they enjoy chalk or keying, um, tell me a little bit about what that looked like for you 
as a principal, but then also as a leader among women who were going to have to make that flip. So this is where sometimes I think my, I like to say like AOPI has been like the best cross training in my career because I am utilizing a lot of my AOPI skills in, in a lot of these different scenarios. And, and I might be able to touch upon that in some ways as we're discussing it today, but, um, you know, my faculty is about um, 28 people, and I like to say sometimes it's like I stand in front of a leaders council in our collegiate chapters, but um, we found out on a Friday, so this would have been um, like, oh my God, like you lose track of days, but <laughs> we found out on Friday, March 6th, I guess it was, that we needed to anticipate as we were moving into that weekend that we would be uh, needing to prepare two weeks worth of lesson plans to be able to teach our, our, our students remotely and that we might go out for two weeks. Um, so my teachers are, they're just so dedicated and they really, many of them, you know, they came in on Monday with a game plan and um, things were changing every 24 hours, um, more information out from our state, you know, and we were in a lot of, you know, conducting a lot of communications with our families. Um, so that, um, you know, anytime you go through a period of change, right, we all look catastrophic change in our life. There's, you know, Elizabeth Kubler-Gross, like five stages of death and dying. So, you know, at the very beginning, you're in that denial stage, and then you start to kind of bargain your way with it, and you're getting a little angry, but eventually, like, you move your And it really, like, normally big change take people time to go through each of those stages. And we didn't really have time. So every day brought a quick turnaround. And so my superintendent um, was fantastic and um, negotiated with our Board of Education for some release time for the teachers to prepare for planning by that following Wednesday. But it became very clear on Thursday that we, we were copying, we were doing everything we could to send hard copies home, books home, um, but it became very clear on Wednesday night that things were about to flip and change much more quickly than we anticipated. So initially we thought we had to be ready by to go by March 17th. So now you're sitting around March 11th and I was in one of our uh, local bakeries and I, after I saw the product was not moving. Like, I, I, I know what that bakery's like, and I saw how much was still on the shelves at 6 o'clock at night, and and then the number of cars on the parkway, on the Garden State Parkway in New Jersey that uh, Monday, I mean, that Thursday were like a Sunday morning, and I became very nervous, and I collaborated with my colleagues who are elementary principals, and we said we were very fearful that parents would stop, start to keep their children home. So what we did was we got all of the materials out to the children that Thursday in case our absence rate started to drop, which meant that our teachers really had to rally and say, are you, and you know, this is just a motivation skill. Like, can we do this? Like, can we get this done? And can we get this information out to our families so they can feel secure tonight that they have everything in their hands should we need to go? And we did that very, very quickly. And it literally took some orchestrating. And this is where I I swear, like, how many times in AOPI have we done, like, a doodle poll for, like, a meeting date or, you know, signed up to choreograph, like, different events. So I literally made a, a schedule, like a doodle poll almost, but um, 
for the copy machine and like simple tasks like that really took a lot of choreography to get it all done. And so we were ready to go. So when our governor told us um, that we were on Thursday evening, that schools would be closed beginning on Monday, we had everything uh, ready to go a day early. Wow. So that is sort of how it unfolded. And um, no, I, I don't work in a district where the children have a one-to-one laptop initiative. I, I work in a district where um, a sharing of devices and um, so we had to get a lot of our work out a little bit old school like in a lot of hard copies for the first couple weeks and over the course of this week now that we've been closed we distributed loaner uh, devices after we did a technology survey to 200 families and we're arranging for meals to be distributed uh, for our free and reduced lunch students and so that has taken a lot of a lot of coordination and and obviously also getting all of our teachers up to speed on, on different online platforms like, you know, practicing in Google Meets and uh, and uh, teachers signing up for Zoom accounts. And, and it's just all unfolding. I, I'm, I'm watching those connections happen. One of my teachers happens to be a Tri Sigma sister. One of my teachers today did a, um, like a, a read aloud with her, with her class um, using Zoom. It's all um, logged in for the children. It was adorable. Um, we're connect, we're connect, making connections in a lot of different ways. And so I think it's really interesting. You hit two things that I think um, people maybe don't always realize. We are in an area where my children are in school, and there is that one-to-one initiative. So for the high school, which in our world is 8th through 12th grade, They do all have iPads. They are required to have them. It's part of the fees and all of those good things. But in the middle school where my youngest son is finishing seventh grade, they did not have that. So they too had a technology survey to determine what is what is available to their students. And they have um, been very, very intentional to create the hard copy, the old school, as you say, the packets to go out that will that will supplement the online learning and then to create the opportunities for those who don't have access to these devices. So I think it's really, it it really shows a lot of commitment to the education of these children, regardless of the age they are, all children to me, that our teachers are really stepping outside of their comfort zones as well. If they were old school and handing out true handouts and paper copies to move to an online platform like Zoom is a, is a bit of a challenge. And then for those people who prefer everything online and would email out assignments anyway as part of their class structure, because we did have email connectivity with each family, then those people are having to now build classroom activity that that can be including those children who don't have that so i have to applaud our educators for thinking outside of the box regardless of where you sit in the box because i think it it can really really be all of the things and the other thing that you mentioned is that not everyone has an opportunity to have three square meals a day provided to them by their family So we have seen that a lot in our area as well, but the schools that are partnering with various um, community groups across town to get the food out to the children, especially now if there's not bus transportation, so that these children can continue to eat. And I don't know that a lot of people have thought about that as they have 
sort of taken care of their own shared spaces and and checked off the boxes in their own list. And I think it really speaks volumes about our administrators and our educators that that's still top of the list for all of you. Right, and it takes a, that just takes a lot of coordination. And, you know, my central, that's been happening, you know, within my district from a central office perspective, but it also, you know, my superintendent is obviously coordinating that with families and food services and, um, you know, we've, we've had to do a lot of community outreach and make phone calls. We were, we were at least on the phone last night with, with, um, like in a SWAT team, like approach, really making personal contacts to families about technology pickup and food services all the way through last night to like 8.30. Everybody just, um, copying in a, in a Google Docs drive just to keep track of, um, you know, who has spoken to who and what is the follow-up that's needed. So it has taken a lot of, you know, great, great teamwork. And it, it's just been, you know, it's actually been a pleasure to be a part of. Um, and it's just a joy to, to dip back in. And, you know, I created a new, just in the last couple of days, I created a new school Instagram account just so my parents can be sharing pictures with me as well because I know so many of them are on Instagram. Um, more so than some other social media. So, and, you know, creating a school, um, you know, a new hashtag about our experience that they can tag pictures in and show us the children from learning from home. So it's been a lot of really thinking on your feet and teamwork across the board. Well, and I think that's a really interesting idea to share is to have Instagram accounts for the purpose of sharing how you are learning at home that does look a little bit differently for each family and to be able to tag best practices and ideas and to upload them to a single account i think is a pretty brilliant way to connect via social media i will ask you as an educator before we get to how you're just managing your own life with two daughters at home um, but as an educator what do you have any tips are there you know you always hesitate to say these are the five things you should do and you'll make straight a's but at the same time do you have tips for any of the parents out there like myself who are not educators and yet have children that have been moved to these online learning platforms anything that we can offer the parents of the world out there well, you know, Crystal, it's funny you say that because earlier this week I was sending out a message to my parents, but it was right after you had posted on Facebook your acronym in the podcast using COM as your acronym on how to manage this new reality that we're all living in right now. So I utilized it. So Oh, thank you. That is another way AOPI peppered itself into my profession. So I talked to my parents about... Um, connection the same way you did and I talked about um, all the opportunities that we might have now to connect with each other because just like when we talk about AOPI in terms of AOPI ends and sense of belonging people need to still feel community so um, there's a couple things that I, I could suggest to parents and also you know just within school communities um, and these are just some of the ideas for connection that have emerged um, within my experience this week that I'll there now um, we are participating in a program right now. It's not really a program. It's like almost a trend and it's picked up uh, some seed in New Jersey, but we are doing an activity called the rainbow connection. 
and it um, it comes out of Italy, and um, there's an Italian phrase that is written underneath it, and it means everything's going to be okay. And our children are all um, posting rainbows in their home windows. So as they are out to get some of their physical fitness activities in and just being out in their yards and neighborhoods, they have that little message as they look across. And it was an idea that um, happened in Italy, and it started to take off here in New Jersey, and... Um, our children are now posting pictures um, on our with our school hashtag on Instagram. For that as well, so we're getting to see it take root. We're excited. We're doing that across um, our district. And then, um, like I said, I mentioned the Instagram connection. And then I'm noticing like parents are starting to like set up virtual play dates because parents are hopping in with how easy it is to to utilize like a Google Meet or or Zoom as well. And children are playing games with each other and um, being connected to their friends. You could really see the kids um, pick up with all of that. And I think that has been, you know, as we move towards the end of the week, that started to take to take root and start to happen more often. I've done it with my faculty as well. I mean, just like we're asking our AOPI collegiate chapters to have Zoom meetings for chapter, um, I've had two uh, Google Meets with my faculty in just the last 24 hours. You know, voluntary, who's free, hop on, and hop on a video conference. Sure. So all of those things have been, have been really beneficial. Well, and I think, too, I have been very impressed by my children and how quickly they have adapted to online learning. I don't know what I expected, but because it was so very new, by the time I sat down and said, have you downloaded the app for Google Classroom? Have you added these codes? Like, it was done. And they have really done well with that self-guidance. Of course, they are a little bit older, so that's helpful. But at the same time, I've been really impressed with the willingness of the teachers on the other side, too, to learn from the students because they seem to have managed it so well and a, and a bit more seamlessly, I think, than some of our older generation of teachers. And I've, I've really enjoyed seeing that give and take, too. Right. And the other thing that has happened, too, is we have the opportunity as educators and parents to see what's happening in within the other districts as it unfolds on our, on our children's devices. So my daughter's uh, school has been doing a really great job, and, and they've had a little bit more device connectivity than, than, than we have had and than what I experienced. So they've been up and running with that very, very quickly. And so they've been like a role model for me. And so networking across school districts has been really beneficial. Uh, my cousin, um, Jennifer, she's Sussex County Teacher of the Year. She gave me a walkthrough Google Classroom and, and how she's utilizing it. And she gave me a little tip and... Um, which is hysterical. Um, so Sunday morning, this past Sunday morning, she knew she'd be kicking out like different lessons in literacy this week. And she piled up a, a pile of different shirts and she made quick three minute instructional videos for the kids. And she just kept changing her shirt and recording the next video. So they were all ready to be uploaded and she wouldn't feel overwhelmed. Um, which I thought was like, such, you know, you're day and you don't necessarily have to be live but you can prepare some of these things in advance so she said she didn't want her you know her students to think she wasn't changing her clothes every day you know that's really funny it's really really funny and i've actually um, done a couple of these conversations today and i'm still wearing the same shirt so i'm glad they're by audio except for who i'm (laughs) looking at over facetime or zoom or whatever the case may be so (laughs) 
Yeah, and, and you know, one of my teachers said today that you know we're in each other's houses when we're with our students. We're in each other's homes, and um, some of the kids all gave a tour of like what was going on in the background in their house to each other. To get, and it was like you know we you always want to have those you know connection activity and all that social emotional learning that we do with kids and really feeling like a school community and a family. But here we are literally in each other's home. And that is just something I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, but is super unique to be, you know, sitting at your kitchen table as a principal, hopping into a Google Hangout with kids and having a cup of coffee with them. Sure. Absolutely. Well, and it is, you know, to be in someone's personal space is really, is really quite something because that's not always how it is even if you're in chat rooms you know a lot of our children it's it's always by text right but when you are looking and seeing and you can see what's in the background or what paintings on the wall or or whatever it is it it is it is a quite interesting picture and in fact our principal sent out a a little letter just saying you know children you will be seen please be aware if there are posters on the walls because because some of these kids are you know my my oldest just made 16 teenagers yeah right so you do have to have a look of course in our world that would look like star wars or avengers guardians of the galaxy or something but but you never know so it's also um certainly could be an entertaining element so, Jane Ellen, you um, yeah, are we're getting to know each other. Oh yes, yes. Um, you are in addition to Way being more. a principal, you are a mom of two girls. You are a wife. You are now in your home, and you are managing all of those things. And you did reference the podcast. I'm glad that you were able to take it and, and do something with it. That, of course, is always the goal. But I would like to ask you how you do those things. How are you personally? I think we talked a little bit about connecting, but if there's anything else you would like to add about how you are learning to connect in a different way that might be valuable to our members? Well, I think it's been about the adaptability that it's about because, you know, we read a lot of Brene Brown uh, yes. as board members and, and, and I have in some of my leadership uh, courses and um, Brene, Brene Brown talks about being not being afraid to be vulnerable, right? So in this moment, we're very vulnerable and I think we we're all feeling that um, we're we're putting ourselves out there and doing something we've never done before. And that takes a lot of trust and, and teamwork and uh, coaching each other. And, you know, I think I, I, so I think that for me, just as a person, and I, obviously I'm feeling all of that as within every hat that I wear. And I think that you have to know that it's totally okay to not know how to do something new and to ask them somebody for help. Uh, it's happening where, you know, I know with my children, I'm like, I need help with this. Oh, wait, hang on, Jane Ellen. Wait, hang on, because the we are on FaceTime, and as we know, I feel like the fiber optics of all things that make Wi-Fi and everything else work sometimes get a little bit overwhelmed. So we missed the, we missed the last part. Tell me again when you said sometimes you have to ask your children to help with some of the electronics? Sure, with the devices and electronics. And you know what, they're also a good resource for me about what works well in schools because they can tell me about their experiences and I can share that with my own teachers. 
and I think you know they're open to value too, obviously to that. that. And the other thing I think is just being connected to friends. Um, I'm noticing, you know, that this was a very historic. This is this is like the history just being written in front of us. So I was a history teacher before I was a principal, and I and I found myself this past weekend really feeling like I needed to connect with some of those people I taught with my very first year as a teacher because um, they were such role models and mentors for me, and they're all and a couple of them are retired now. So I had some text message conversations that lasted an hour. I had a phone call conversation with somebody I have not spoken to in probably about six years and we talked over all of these things that are unfolding and it and it just sort of was just one of those moments that's good for your soul to do that um so i think that we have to remember you know to to reach out and and not be afraid to do something differently but also network for the support that you need absolutely and as brene brown also shares with us it's okay to be brave and afraid as long as we can focus on getting through to the other side and to allow that bravery to be what guides us. So I think that's really amazing. Tell me something that makes you laugh. Okay, so um, I think I, you know, we talked about this when we did our last podcast together is really my children. Like <laughs> just everything that we do together and playing family games right now has been. A, a resource of just a brain break or you know um sitting really so sitting sitting around playing game has been a really like a great kind of thing that I've interjected in like into all of this and I then what about how you mellow out okay yeah so that has been I would say on like just to be completely honest that has been the biggest challenge because as educators we are so used to like leaving work and always working at home because we're always preparing for the next day I don't think that um I think it's a it's a challenge to shut your journal off when working is really at home and then when that ends you want to continue to work like you normally do so I really need to start scheduling um uh, like put myself on home the way I have it at work and and schedule those you know actually schedule the downtime with the kids whether it's you know going out in the yard and playing or just taking a walk in our neighborhood right now while we still have the opportunities to um and participating with them in that and really being mindful of that um and there's a lot of you know a lot of great resources obviously for yoga and mindfulness that are available online I actually spoke to you about that when um it was one of those questions that you asked me when we did our last podcast and I didn't get back to it. My cousin has a um, shift for wellness podcast and um, she also has a, an Instagram account. And I know she's posting all these like mindful videos and things like that. And well, we share it with us. Yeah, I said it is time for me to get into into all the things that you have up there. Yes, it is, but then share it with everyone else so that our listeners will know what is your yeah. cousin's information. How do we find her? Yeah, it's really called Shift for Wellness. Wait, wait, wait. And Say it again. It's called Shift for Wellness. Like making it, like making that shift. Okay, and so S H I F F T Shift for yes. Wellness. Shift for Wellness. Okay. Yes, and my cousin Jennifer Caputo. And she is 
uh, Sussex County Teacher of the Year, New Jersey, and but she also um, does a lot of work with mindful activities in her classroom, but she also does it privately as well. So this is sort of like a um, another outlet I, that I that I know um, that that's a tool for me, but it's a tool for others as well. Well, I love that, and I think it's a wonderful way to end our conversation. Jane Ellen, thank you. I know that in the midst of everything you are doing as an administrator, as an educator, as a woman, a mother, all the things, that um, that you do have a lot going on and that to set aside this time with me did take a bit of an effort. So I appreciate you, and I hope that you stay well. Thank you. I hope you stay well, too. And thank you all out there for listening. Until next time, you too stay well.